This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hello and welcome to Book Cheat, the book club podcast where I've read the book so you don't have to. My name is Dave Warnicky, and on each episode of this show we look at one of the classics. And joining me to look at such a classic this week from Sans Pants Radio, returning guests Joel Zamet and Jackson Bailey. How are you G'day. doing? Hello, hello. Hello, hello indeed. Yes. Thank you for returning to the library. Oh, anytime. Oh, anytime. Oh, never it's referred to it as that. So that's so good, full. though. <laughs> that's well, yeah. so good. If you can make people imagine a gigantic... Like in Beauty and the Beast. I oh. went Beauty and the Beast library. You? Yes, that's exactly right. Beach library. <laughs> Beast. Yeah. I'm talking like three levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. With big, wonderful staircase. Not staircases. What do you call them? Ladders. Yeah. That slide along slide the books. Around. Oh. Mm. Oh my goodness, mate. The dream. Now I'm thinking like when I'm FBI, where they have all like the files and they have those big wheels. You got to kind of clank. Oh yeah, they're oh, good. Well, and then in, I don't know if you've seen uh, anyone ever be killed in one of those things. I mean, I, I'm <laughs> shocked if I haven't. But uh, that, that's a big fear of mine. That's why they are banned from the library. That's fair. Uh, I understand. No one advised it's, it's, you it's, until it's, they needed to search yeah. that specific area. It's terrifying. It's a yeah. rational fear. So you'd spin the wheel and yeah. separate you oh, from one yeah. half each. Oh, my God, it's Dave. Uh, oh, he got know. trapped in He got crushed by books. <laughs> so many hardcovers. What's great about that is that because because they're, they're shelved, somebody, if they wheeled the one next to you and taking out a book were your face, like on the other side looking <laughs> through. pressed against it. <laughs> oh, my God, Dave. Help me. Oh, let's just put that book back. Don't uh, need this. That's very scary. That's a fear you've given me now. <laughs> it's scary. It is so, so scary. Off air, we were talking about how my mum is a librarian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I talk about with all my friends. <laughs> And um, I'm proud. I'm proud of it. It's cool. Yeah. Right? My mum was a bus driver. <laughs> really? Yeah. There you go. That's cool. But I hadn't thought about this in a long time. At her library, there were those metal things we're talking about. Oh, yeah. I was too scared to go in them as a kid. Terror. Fair get enough. Get something out. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, go. Go that- get some picture books in there. I'm like, absolutely not. At library. So they <laughs> still have life. that, like, filing cabinet where you pulled out and you had little file cards you kind of look I through. I haven't worked at a library. I'm just, <laughs> is that a thing that I know who has. Exists. My mum. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Which I love to tell. You're on the phone. <laughs> do they still have them or did that just become computerized? I'm assuming it's computerized. Yeah, yeah. sadly. Oh, someone surely. lost a job job yeah that's true yeah, sadly the whole library is going that way <laughs> oh yeah that's sad the death of the library I know. You tragic can't, thing you can't crush people between two computers <laughs> <laughs> there's two ipads <laughs> either side of the head yeah. well thanks so much for coming back 
Mm. We had you last on the Frankenstein mm-hmm. episode. Ah, yes. It was very good. Which was uh, well received, I must say. Well, so that's thank good you. to appreciate, hear. Appreciate you guys coming back. And often before I get into the, the book we're going to talk about, I mm. ask if you guys have been reading anything. Yes. Lately? Uh, well, I, I've been reading um, Locke Lamora. Uh, it's like a fantasy series. It's called The Gentleman Bastard Sequence. I'm up to book, I want to say, two of maybe currently three that are out. Um, right. It's taken me a while to read because I really, I'm a slow reader if I have access to the internet. I went away like over Christmas and um, like I was like, maybe a quarter through the first book and I just powered through it because I was like, I'm not really, you know, I'm going to like just turn off all like internet, social media thing. I'm on a beach. I'm going to read. I loved it. And as soon as I got back to the real world, I'm like, it's just next to my bed gathering dust. I look at it occasionally. I'm like, I should read that. And then I just like... Scroll oh, yeah. through Instagram being like, I don't care about <laughs> any of All this. of this is bad content. <laughs> Funny, I was reading that book. That oh, book wow. seems so interesting. <laughs> I was having a good time. He's becoming a pirate. Yeah. Uh, this, though, Instagram. Ooh, look at that food that I'm never going to eat. Yay! <laughs> a recipe, you say? You know, nah. The saddest part of Instagram for me is um, when it gets to the thing and says, you're all caught up. <laughs> you put it down for five minutes and you go... See what else is out there? Two new posts. Yeah. You're all caught up. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> what so else is there? <laughs> there's that book, Gathering Dust. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've been reading, rereading for the millionth time, a book called In Search of Prehistoric Survivors by a zoologist named Carl Shucker. Or Shuker, I don't know how to pronounce it. I prefer it. Shucker. Yeah, yeah. Shucker's <laughs> nice. It's, it's S-H-U-K-E-R, so well, that, that sounds like Shucker to me. Shucker, Shucker, yeah. <laughs> Um, which is a book, it's a, a non-fiction book about various possible prehistoric survivors. So like, hey, people are talking about this animal that they say that they claim is mythological or that no one's ever found. Well, it could be this. This animal fits the description. It's a book I have the, on the kitchen table and read while eating. <laughs> it's, it's like my eating book. Yeah. I sit down and I read like a chapter or like a couple of sections. I've, I've been meaning to ask you this for several months now yeah. because we end up like, because we like move around a lot of mm. the, like the table, et cetera. So when you leave it open, do you want to keep like no. a marker there? Because no. I usually just put something there as I close it, then put it somewhere else. That's funny because I've I've never gone back to the page. <laughs> that must mean that if I went through it, there'd be hundreds of bookmarks because it's separated into like like for example, like they'll be talking about possible prehistoric mammal survivors and then they'll have that separated further into like oh in South America some of the native people talk about an animal they call them a pinguary which if you read the description kind of sounds like a giant sloth which no longer exists but did once so that'll be like one section and that's what I'll read while eating and then once I finish with that I could turn to any I've read the book so many times I could turn to any I like this book so much that this is actually the reprint he released two years ago that is the same book but with extended and updated stuff for the like the 2010s because I think the last one was really like came out in 1999 it's a great book it's good Evidently. to read whilst eating. This is a glowing review. You yeah. guys do live together, so yeah. yes. there's obviously not much conversation going on over dinner. <laughs> it's because I uh, will have dinner usually around about 6 o'clock, 6.30. Jack? Uh, Any time. Who knows? <laughs> have you had dinner now? Uh, yes, we went out for dinner, but I had to think about it. But I've had dinner at midnight mm. quite a few times Last recently. Last night, I'm pretty sure I saw you just eating noodles from a pot at midnight. Yes, that was. I was, couldn't be bothered eating, and I felt sick, so... <laughs> Did you bring the book to dinner tonight? No, no, I didn't. I should have brought it with me, though, and just ignored you. We were out somewhere, just not looked. It's a big, thick book, too. Yeah. That would have been good. But yeah, that's Power what move. I've been reading. 
Well, a glowing review. <laughs> well, what I've been reading, um, I'm about to tell you all about it. And Ooh. I've gone with, this is a, something new for Book Cheat. Usually I'll pick oh. usually a play or a novel and focus mm-hmm. on that. But this week I uh, decided to go for not one, but two separate stories by oh, the same yeah. author. Oh. And we are going to talk about Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, the right. melon head himself. All right. <laughs> a giant head. <laughs> He's got quite the face. It's It was medically impressive. <laughs> All I really... Is, Al, is he the one that they think got killed because they people got him drunk and made him vote a few times mm. and then beat him up? Yeah, he died because of voter fraud or something. Is that right? It's, it's very mysterious. Yeah. People yeah. still speculate to this day how he died. And isn't that... That other Poe mystery, the Poe ghost or the sniff Poe ghost... Somebody leaves something at his grave every year and no one knows who it is. The Snowpoe Ghoster? The Snowpoe Ghoster. What? People are leaving <laughs> snow on his grave every year? All I know is that it rhymes and ends with possibly Ghoster. Edgar Allan Poe Mysteries. No, it's, not, it's got nothing to do with ghosts. Po- like a Potergeist? No, no, no. no. It's got the Poe Flow Ghoster. The Poe Flow Poster. Someone leaves the fish mis- Mystery on Edgar Allan Poe. Yes. Grave. What's happened when you've searched <laughs> oh, Here them? we go, here we go. For decades, a mysterious man left three roses and cognac on Edgar Allan Poe's grave to mark the anniversary of the writer's birth. Okay. But after the visitor, dubbed the Poe Toaster. Ah, there it is. Because <laughs> he was toasting with the cognac. So that the makes Poe sense. Toaster. Yeah, I don't know where I got... Doesn't really rhyme. Heaps. <laughs> no. <laughs> it seems that he stopped visiting in, uh, two years in a row, and that's... In 2012, so people were freaking out. The <laughs> Rightfully so. What happened to the Poe po- Toaster? Well, we've all been wondering. I mean, like, if it was a concert in your life and it just one day disappeared, <laughs> I would be worried. Be it's an omen. It's funny, one of those mysteries where you'd think the overall response would be, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Someone's been leaving cognac and Edgar Allan Poe's grave. Sorry. Uh, good. Cool. Can I, can I have some? Yeah, yeah, basically, I think people are know that they can't steal yeah. cognac the day out. After his anniversary of his birth. So you know that the revelation of that mystery is going to be some guy. <laughs> Someone that doesn't, didn't even really know him. Just He's a fan. Oh, uh, fan. Who cares? Yeah. Good. Anyway. Surely that'll be easy to... F- just like, just wait. You'd think. That's a, that's a mystery you, you can solve by just waiting near the grave on the day. Clearly it's harder than that because no one's done it. No one. I mean, I mean come on, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems so easy to solve if you cared. <laughs> Jack and Edgar Allan Poe's coffin was shaped differently because of his big head. <laughs> At the top, it bulged out. <laughs> how his big head a, was huge. How big a head are we talking about? Like the size of a big pumpkin. <laughs> Look it up. Right, I'll show you, and then I will post a photo of Edgar Allan Poe. Like the size of a whole melon mounted atop a man. Is it big because he himself had maybe a, a small, frail frame? Oh, what a melon! <laughs> it's so big! As, as a man with a large forehead myself, I mean... It's not just a forehead, he's got big <laughs> cheeks. Have you got a full body shot? <laughs> it's like a pin. <laughs> there you oh. go. <laughs> I think it's a combination. He needs a thinner neck. Yeah. Here he is standing next to a skeleton, which is not helping him. At oh, look at that big melon. Anyway, vindication feels nice. <laughs> wow. First the Poe toaster, now this. You are an Edgar Allan Poe expert. I'm glad I got you What do you here. know about Edgar Allan Poe, Jackson? Uh, snow Poe ghost, uh, big hat. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. 
Uh, so we're going to talk about uh, t- two, probably his two most famous works, mm-hmm. arguably. Uh, the short story, The Telltale Heart. Oh, classic. And then the uh, the poem, The Raven. Ooh. All right. But first of all, just a little bit of context for everyone who's not as au fait with the giant. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Edgar Allan Poe was born in Boston in 1809. The writer had a profound influence on the short story. Cool. Big, uh, he also he wrote lots of short stories, but also uh, was a big critic of them. So mm. it shaped in that way. Sadly, his life was full of tragedy. He was born to actors, and as if that no. wasn't oh, bad no. enough. Poe, that's poor rough. man. He, ah. he was orphaned at the age of two. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What? what? <laughs> See, mom, was there an acting accident? What happened? <laughs> his mum died and his dad ran away. Oh, that's oh, sad. He's not orphaned, that. Really... Yeah, that was more abandoned. He's just yeah. like an absentee papa. Yeah. That's not an orphan. <laughs> Look, he's got a dead mum. Okay, sad, yes, but not orphaned. He's still got one orphaned. of them. Yeah. Yeah. Come well, on. I mean, Come yeah, technically, on. but dad is not coming back. Well, that's, yeah. That's true. He's Look. still waiting for him to come back. <laughs> In practice. He'll, he'll be back. <laughs> now, he was raised by, but never formally adopted by John and Francis Allen. With whom he had a pretty tense relationship and lost contact with after he was expelled from school. Oh, that's How tense. Old? Raised that's, but not adopted is a tense. bad phrase. Hey, I know you've um, taken me in as one as your own, but you reckon maybe one day, like you could, I could call you mum and dad. Like, no, you know, maybe you not in a million years. Okay, kid. that's cool. That's cool. I was just, I was just spitballing. <laughs> the very I, idea. I am not signing anything. <laughs> I'm not putting my name down on any paper. <laughs> Would you take my name? No, 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 I, thank you. I will not leave a paper trail. <laughs> he mainly paid the bills throughout his life as a magazine editor, but was almost always poor. At the age of 27, he married his first cousin, Elizabeth. Classic. Classic. Which Classic. Oh, that... look, hey, cousins, that's all right. It's all right. It's fine to marry your cousin. Okay, but she was 13 years old. Don't oh, marry don't your cousin. Marry your cousin. <laughs> <laughs> I rescind my previous statement. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. It's not good anymore. Please don't marry your underage cousin. Uh, they stayed married for 11 years until her death from tuberculosis. <laughs> oh, boy. I told you it was a tragic life. Well, Poe, don't marry your 13 year old cousin. <laughs> like, uh, I'm not blaming it on him, but like, I don't feel bad. For, uh, I feel bad for her, yeah. not Poe. Yeah. Poe himself died a couple of years later at the age of 40 from a mysterious illness or mysterious circumstances, which we were talking about earlier. But since his death, he's influenced generations of writers. Very influential. And as, as well as the, the short story, he's also sometimes referred to as the father of detective fiction. Oh, I didn't so, yeah, know Wasn't that. there a TV series based around his work starring Kevin Bacon as I'm, a cop, maybe, <sighs> and the serial killer did a lot of uh, uh, Poe-based crime slash cult What murders. is Poe-based crime? <laughs> Kill a man with a crow. <laughs> Bash someone to death with your giant head. <laughs> I don't know what Poe-based crime is. Is it called The Following? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember The Following. Yeah, Kevin Bacon and, a han- and another handsome man. I didn't know that it was based on Edgar Allan Poe. It was Kevin Bacon it, is handsome. Yeah, he is handsome, but Kevin there was Bacon another handsome... Good, I think he might have been guy. a... Uh, looks like he's a literature lecturer. Yeah, he's the handsome one. What's so he, his, who's he? Talks he? About- Who plays him? All I know is he's handsome. He's got dark hair. Carol, let's have a look. Who's yeah, Carol? Carol, great name. Mm, very. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mitz, I'm getting horny over here. <laughs> getting horny for the following. I don't know. <laughs> like, it was not a good series. Who played Carol? Tell us. Yeah, it was handsome. Boy. Yeah, James Purefoy. Yeah, him. Wow, that's a great last. Purefoy. 
Yeah. It was, it was Mark Antony in Rome, the TV show. Yeah. Ah. I don't know. I don't know who he is. He's, he just looks cute. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a good looking guy. Whatever. But actors, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> Raise a kid. Yeah. Half on him. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's the background of our guy, Edgar Allan Poe. Okay. Mm. Uh, now let's talk about the Telltale Heart. Yes. Cool. What do you guys know? Do you know I kind of think I know, but I think I also often get the Telltale Heart confused with that story about... Uh, a woman who murders her husband with a leg of lamb and then makes the cops eat the leg of lamb. <laughs> <laughs> that other famous short story. That other famous short story. You know, <laughs> cop ham. <laughs> short story where yeah, a woman kills, kills her husband with a leg of lamb and so, then yeah. she makes the cops eat the murder weapon. No, 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 no murder weapon, no crime, baby. That's how it exists. That's Can't pin me. That is, that, it's me. got similar shades to the Telltale Heart. Yes, I can. So is, she, is it very? Is she guilty? It may also have been a real thing that happened. <laughs> oh wow, that makes it way worse. <laughs> I just don't know. But anyway, they mix in my brain. Are you thinking about that person who like killed killed the the the, the husband and then like served up to it to no, the no, kids? No, 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 no. Killed him with a leg of lamb. Made the cops or eat a the ham hock or something. <laughs> made the cops eat it. And the cops ate the murder weapon. No murder weapon, no crime. <laughs> God, uh, I hope you man, can't find this it. leg of ham tastes a little bit like a man's head. If I've made this story up, that's great. But I swear it's real. Yeah, that was bad though. Starting and seeing the blank stares in your face. I can't. I can't find. I'm so sorry. Maybe we'll. Anybody listening, please let us know. Let us Help know. this drowning man. <laughs> I'm also looking up. People often suggest books, and I forgot to check if anyone suggested Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. Basically, so The Telltale Heart mm. is a short, short story first published in 1843, and has since gone on to be one of the most famous short stories in history. To the point when I googled famous short story, oh. it was the number one result. Oh, man. that's why I the sort of, most famous short story. That's why I came up with it. But um, someone said. Uh, this is John Wilkinson from Royal Oak in Michigan suggested that I could do a couple of famous Edgar Allan Poe short stories. There so thank you, you so go. much. Perfect. It's your dream come true. You're welcome. <laughs> so all I really know about the Telltale Heart is the uh, episode of The Simpsons. Um, oh, yes. Um, <laughs> where, where, was it, is it... Uh, where, where Wookiees are involved. You broke my Wookiee. Yeah, that's right. That's they have my... our diorama-rama. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yes. And everyone has to create a book-based diorama. Yes. And Nelson Munns has the Grapes of Wrath. Uh-huh. Here's the Grapes, here's the Wrath. He hits him with a hammer. That's <laughs> great. That's Vintage Simpsons. That's great. That's wonderful. We'll come back. I've, I've actually got a little bit about that Simpsons episode oh, uh, at the end, so we can come back. Uh, let's put it in context with the original here. It was first published in January 1843 in the inaugural issue of The Pioneer, a literary and critical magazine. Ooh. Short-lived. Um, <laughs> maybe the only one. Do they, do they still exist? I assume no. Right? no I went down to my local mag nation. <laughs> Could I find one? <laughs> uh, published in Boston. Okay. So I'll give you the... Uh, Give you the story of the Telltale Heart. All right, I'm excited. Uh, The opening line of the Telltale Heart is, quote, True, nervous, very, very dreadfully nervous. I had been an M. But why will you say that I am mad? The disease had sharpened my senses, not destroyed, not dulled them, end quote. Our tale is told by an unnamed narrator confessing to us a crime, which they told us they did quite calmly, and they're very, very keen to stop us from thinking that they are mad. All Almost right. to the point where you go, okay, buddy, it's weird that you keep bringing that up. <laughs> if you just brought this up casually, yeah, yeah. let me make the decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do you think I'm mad? I'm not mad. I'm not mad. 
Just did a crime. So, you Don't know, worry look, about I did it. a crime. It's pretty cool yeah. uh, if you were to think about it. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's if you're going to. I did a crime. But like, what ruled, I'm going to be like, okay. <laughs> Come hey, on, tell yeah, me more. Yeah. He just did a crime and has two thumbs. This guy's, <laughs> all, right. This guy's all right. Well, basically, he brings up so much. He doth protest too much. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, look out. Uh, the disease he was referring to in the opening line I just read uh, could be uh, over acuteness of the senses. He doth. Hear and see too much, methinks. Oh, <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Easy oh now. My. <laughs> it's a book podcast. <laughs> Guys, we're trying to, be, trying to make it highbrow. <laughs> he goes on to say, quote, It is impossible to say how first the idea entered my brain, but once conceived, it haunted me day and night. Okay, a bit obsessive. <laughs> but not mad. Not, not mad. mad. Just, crazy. just, just can't stop thinking about this idea. I feel like, uh, is, he the, mm, is the narrator the kind of person that if you suggested maybe that they might be a little bit, you know, yeah. uh, mad, would they just fly off with the handle and try yeah. and uh, hit and, me? And prove their madness. Yes. Until I find yeah. out what this crime is, I'm going to imagine the thing he keeps thinking about is opening a chain of spaghetti <laughs> restaurants. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm not mad. People God, love spaghetti. I'm, I figured about this day and night. <laughs> I must make a spaghetti restaurant. <laughs> well, I'm so sorry to disappoint you. What oh, his no. brain has conceived there is killing a man he lives with and works for. Okay. Mm. Hang on. <laughs> no ideas. <laughs> the relationship is a... Wow. <laughs> well, the relationship is a bit vague, so you could sort of make it podcasty. Mm. <laughs> and we don't know too many mm. details about either man. Okay. 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 Good. I'm now sus. <laughs> what we are told is that the narrator conceived killing the other man, who is old, always treated him well, is wealthy, but our killer isn't interested in that. Okay. The only motive we are given is the old man's eye. Oh. His eye looked a bit like a vulture's eye, pale, blue, and with a film over it. Did he only have one eye? <laughs> Yeah, the, the other eye's fine. He loves the other eye. It's weird to specify one eye, not yeah. eye. Yeah. He didn't mention which which one, but what, at least one of them <laughs> pisses him off. Annoys the hell out of him. Sounds like a faraway sex. I'm like, I think I've read this. <laughs> it's all coming back to me. Yeah, the eye. The, the eye. The weird. So he has to stand on him on one side, I imagine. Yeah. The good yeah, eye. Yeah. It's great if, as he talks to me, he puts a hand up to block that eye. Ah, <laughs> uh, now I can pay attention. Yeah. I bought him an eye patch, but he never wore it. I feel he's just slighting me. Yeah. Every time the old man looks at him with the eye, it makes his blood run cold. So he thought the easiest way to deal with that was to kill the man so mm-hmm. we can't look at him anymore. <laughs> I guess that works. <laughs> He's right. I mean, it's a solution. Yeah, there's logic there somewhere. Look, thinking yeah. outside the box. Pop out his eye, then you can keep working with him. That's well, probably not, thinking. but mm. you... when he's sleeping, <laughs> yeah. so he doesn't know. Well, he's very keen to point out that what we th- that we might think he's mad for this, but he argues against that by, by saying, would a madman do this? <laughs> <laughs> he explains his method. Okay. His method was to be very nice during the day to his victim. Sure. Okay, so fair enough. So we expect a thing. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. overly nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, now it's That's suspicious. Yeah, 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 suspiciously nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, weren't, you weren't a great guy before. <laughs> yeah, so a little bit, you know, malicious, but all right. Yeah, okay, yeah. well, yeah, sure. So it's nice during the day. Then at night he would undo the latch on the sleeping man's door at midnight and then slowly sneak his head into the bedroom. Mm-hmm. But not just slowly. Okay. Ridiculously slowly. He claims it took him an hour to move his head into the like through the what? door. Okay, what? that's something a crazy person would do. Yes, yes, a hundred percent yes. Crazy. I just said, would a crazy man do <laughs> yes, this? Yes, yes, that's yes. That's great. Would a crazy man do this and then slowly moving your head into the room? Like to the point, it's moving so slow, I imagine you can't even 
notice it moving. You could only yeah. see it if it was sped up yeah, like in a documentary yeah, about like, plants. Like a time lapse camera <laughs> <laughs> moving into the room. Like a butterfly has its whole entire life. Yeah. And he hasn't even moved. <laughs> I don't think I could move that slow. Me neither. I, I want to I want to I want to try to like take an hour to move my head yeah. into a door. I just I'm gonna try and move my finger very slowly as we go. But it, right. it I keep wanting to rush it. <laughs> Like, if I try to move my finger really slowly, it just starts shaking. Yeah, yeah, same. And is he leaning still... with his, like, forehead as well? Like, you know, how is he going? Yeah, exactly. Imagine Edgar Allan Poe's big head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great if you want to go through the doorway and then boom, on either side. And then he has to slowly back up. <laughs> so it's like an hour. Oh, me again. <laughs> damn it. Damn it. Rats, damn it. So you're sneaking in, which brings us to a fantastic line, even better out of context. Quote, oh, you would have laughed so much to see how cunningly I thrust it in. <laughs> I would have laughed. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Damn, he's cunning. <laughs> That's a cunning thrust. <laughs> with the cunning thrust, he had a lantern with him, which was covered over. Mm-hmm. Obviously not to attract attention. Classic. But once he got inside the door, which I imagine if the head took an hour, the body's taken another. What I keep hours. thinking is coming in and then getting your whole body in and then seeing the distance to the bed. <laughs> Being like, by the time I reach him, the sun's going to be coming up. <laughs> so now it's about, okay, what's well, 1am. All right. Oh that's my nice God. So 1am. And then he's inside. He opens up his lantern so a tiny light, light, uh, stream of light could come through and he aims it at the man's eye. Fair enough. Okay. Sadly, he couldn't see the vulture's eye because the man was asleep. Sure. Makes sense. Okay. Nice close. And because it wasn't looking at him, he didn't have his murderous rage. So mm-hmm. he'd look, check, and quietly leave. He doesn't say how long it would take, <laughs> but I imagine it's another two two hours in, two hours oh out. Oh, my God. So is that just like, I'm going to look, look, just going to check in on him, open it up. All right, his eyes covered. Good. <laughs> yeah. I can go to sleep. All right. It's basically Thank someone right. on grade five camp making sure everyone's asleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You guys sleeping in there? <laughs> All good. <laughs> Brought back so many memories. Ah, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yes. Faking being asleep. Yeah. It's like, you guys sleeping there? And then there's the <gasps> of everybody, like, getting tight in your what? sleeping bag and trying to stay as still as possible. <laughs> yeah. Trying to fake, like, that knock just woke you up. Oh, hmm? what What's happening? I'm sorry. not playing Pokemon under the covers. <laughs> he did this for seven nights in a row. Oh, wow. The what eye... little sleep he must I have know, got. Eyes always closed. Yeah. Like, I mean, look. While well, he's yeah. asleep. <laughs> What's he I mean, a madman wouldn't do that no. seven days in a row. Methodical. This guy sounds you like, know, he's, he on sounds the, like he's, he's on the ball. Got his faculties with him. I take issue with you calling him a madman because I, how many times have I told you he's not? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> a madman true. wouldn't do this. Yeah. Yes. I agree. I agree with you. I agree. I going to say, because. It's very sound of mind. That's the one message Edgar's. Giving us here. He's not mad. He's a, just a guy. Yeah. Just a regular, just a regular Joe. <laughs> everyday Joe. It's a regular <laughs> Joe that opens the door to his boss's room every yeah. night when he's sleeping and takes an hour to wobble his head through. I do that. I do that to your room at night. Yeah, it's fine. Poke my head in. Good. And then slowly come out again. Every night. Every damn night. His eyes closed. Yeah, good. Good. He's just a man standing in front of another man, checking that his eye is closed. Exactly. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. On the eighth night, however, <gasps> again our narrator snuck into the room of his master, but this time his master woke up. Possibly this is written because the narrator chuckled to himself. <laughs> At what? Evilly. <laughs> what has become funny that wasn't several nights previous? Maybe it took him like, you know, like an hour and a bit. And he was like, <laughs> I like to think he was having a moment of introspection where he was like, this is pretty funny. <laughs> what am I, what am I doing? If anyone knew about this, this is pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> but rather than backing out of the room after the laugh and the guy waking up, he stayed still knowing that the man couldn't see him in the pitch black room. Okay. Okay. 
Just as he was about to open his lantern to do his nightly tometrist test, yeah. mm-hmm. the man yelled out, Who's there? But not feeling conversational, our guy just stood there completely still <laughs> for another hour. That's like a, terrifying. Like a lizard. <laughs> That's the scariest part move, of this story so far. The man oh. in the bed sat upright this whole time but didn't leave his bed, didn't turn the light on, Sure. didn't light a candle or anything. He just, after an hour, let out a long groan. <laughs> I was imagining like a... <laughs> this guy again. An hour. I just... I would go back to sleep fairly quickly if I, I didn't th- think there was okay. someone there. Theory. Yeah. I just don't think this guy understands time. Yeah, okay. I think what he thinks is an hour. You know how he over-exaggerates yeah, yeah, a yeah. lot of yeah, things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you it's, claiming you know, that he's... Mad? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't dare. I would not dare Goodness. suggest He's not such mad. a thing. He might just be an idiot. Uh, he might just because you know it's just like you know. Oh, I took a shortcut to work. Yeah. Right, I went through this door instead. It's like how how long did you say? Oh, like ten minutes. When in reality, maybe like ten seconds. Yeah, 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 yeah. So maybe I reckon he's like, he was like, it took me so long. <laughs> it took me an hour to walk through that door. When in reality, maybe a minute. Ma- yeah, maybe ten marks. Maybe just saying. Right, well. And so like, old mate was up for an hour. Really. 30 seconds. Exactly. Yeah. Before. Who's there? Because huh? you don't go, who's <laughs> there? Sit up for an hour and then go, <laughs> <laughs> back to bed. <laughs> so he's just growing. Still not put off. Our storyteller opens his lantern and directs the light directly onto the man's eye. And this time, it's open. <gasps> oh, boy. Dull blue with a hideous <clears throat> veil over the top of it. Oh, gross. Yuck. It yeah. shocked him. Is that a cataract? Yeah, I think so. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a bit blind. But yeah. It just sounds like a cataract. <laughs> and it shocked him to the core, this cataract. Um. Then he started to hear a hor- horrid sound to go along with his horrid visual. He could hear the man's heart beating loudly like a drum. Wow, that's a big heart. Yeah. yeah. He had a big heart and a yeah. bad eye. <laughs> He's a good guy. Yeah, yeah what a fella. Bad vision. <laughs> he stood frozen with the lantern still directed onto his prey's eye. And then the beating, of the, heart, the beating of the heart got louder and louder, as well as faster and faster. It really freaked out our storyteller, but he stood, stood still for minutes with the sound pulsating in his ears. What do you think? Seconds. Ooh. Three or four seconds. Yeah, three or four yeah, seconds. Three or four seconds. And honestly, kind of maybe, look, mate, sounds like your heart. Yeah, just is saying, it his heart? It sounds is like that your, the twist? <laughs> your heart beating in your body that you're hearing because the blood because you're excited you're going to kill a man. Maybe there's someone get just drumming in the next room. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's like, yeah, time to start. Well, it grew so loud that he worried that the neighbours would hear it. Okay, okay. Imagine if the neighbours rang the cops. About a loud heart. Keep it down in there. <laughs> you got a noise complaint. One of you yeah, living pretty loud. Sounds like a little bit of an idiot. He just doesn't quite understand that sounds maybe that are coming from your own body that are close to maybe your ears aren't heard elsewhere. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. If he's like, imagine he got like a set of earphones, yeah. put him in, he's like, man, people are going to be so <laughs> mad when they hear how loud these are. If he's listening to music on the train, he's like, I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> I must be so loud. <laughs> Uh, then, quote, the old man's hour had come. With a loud yell, I threw open the lantern and leapt into the room. He shrieked once, once only. In an instant, I dragged him to the floor and pulled the heavy bed over him, end quote. Okay. With that, I assume he crushed the man to death with his own bed. <laughs> what a murder weapon. What? what a way to go. I don't know if it's the mattress. Just don't like- think a bed... 
Like the whole, the whole, you know, the four posters are coming down on top of him. How frail is this old man? That's what I keep imagining. Like a bed has like legs. So like, did he pick up a leg and drop it on his heart? (laughs) Like what what did he do there? I think he just kind of rolled him over. He pulled the whole thing on top of him. Yeah. That seems like that's a mattress. That's a mattress on a man. This is a man who's had eight nights to plan this. (laughs) The best he could come up with is pull the bed on top of him. Bring a knife. (laughs) Bring a knife. It's like Shocking. in the moment he was like, oh, my God, how am I going to actually do this? I was just doing an eye check. I didn't expect Moida. <laughs> Our narrator, who's now a confirmed killer, made sure the man was dead by feeling for his heart. Sure. And was instantly relieved that the eye could no longer trouble him. Too easy. He did it. Oh. Good job. Well done, mate. And if you're thinking you're mad because he's not. just killed a man with a bed. He sort of I mean, I'm, I, he's, he's efficient. He's yeah. resourceful. Let me put your mind at ease. I think if that. anyone at home is thinking he's mad. Quote, if you still think me mad... You will think so no longer when I describe the wise precautions I took for the concealment of the body. Okay. First of all, I dismembered the corpse. (laughs) (laughs) Clever. Sound. It's a great, (laughs) clever. First move. I'm not crazy, but I did chop off his head, (laughs) legs, and arms. Yes. Well, look, I'm glad that he did. You know, I feel like if you're going to dispose of a body, that has got to be step one. You can't be thinking about that down the track. You're trying to get it in a hole and you're like, wait. Maybe step one, maybe laying down a tarp first. Oh, that's a good point. Because, again, a lot of blood. Well, he's he's not mad. It was 4 a.m. by the time everything was done and dusted. Before our killer could get his well-earned rest, there was a knock at the door. Oh, no. Oh, dear me. 4 a.m.? Who's coming around? Probably the cops. 4 a.m.? It seems the neighbours had complained. 4 a.m. Do the, head, do the math here. Midnight he sticks his head hour. Okay. That's an hour. This is 1 a.m. Yeah. And then, like, he's and like, he those stood, lines. Stood for like, another hour. Another hour, yeah. So 2 a.m. 2 a.m. Murder happened. Murder happened. 10 seconds to crush him with a bed. 10 seconds to crush him with a bed. Two hours then. Or hour 50. Let's say a quarter past two. Yeah. Now he's chopping him. How long does it take to dismember a man? I feel like a long time if you don't have bone sores. Let's say 45 minutes. Yeah. Well, he cut off the legs, arms and head and stashed them under the the body under the floorboards. Okay. He said there was, quote, there was nothing to wash out. No stain of any kind. No blood spot, whatever. I had been too wary for that. A tub had caught all. Ha, ha. (laughs) Too hard. Ha, ha. Exclamation after each. Mm. Ha, ha. (laughs) So he dragged him to a tub. How is he so prepared for everything else but not the actual (laughs) murder? Yeah. And how did he Mm. crush him into a tub? That doesn't make sense. He would have crushed him, made sure he didn't pierce the skin. Mattress, soft. Okay. Suffocate? Mm. I guess he suffocated him with his own mattress. This is the most confusing part of this whole story. What a way to go. But then he is dead. He's chopped up. He's under the floor. All right. 4 a.m., knock at the door. Okay. It was three policemen. Oh, no. It seems the neighbours had complained. They heard the heartbeat. Not about the loud heartbeat, but because of the loud shriek that they'd heard. Oh, okay. At, you know, two hours. Mm-hmm. Our cocky killer, feeling he had nothing to worry about, simply told the men it was a noise he'd made while sleeping mm-hmm. before inviting the men inside to have a look around. He told them the old man was away in the country and invited, invited them into his room to show that nothing was missing and mm. everything was fine, which is hard to prove they've never been here before. <laughs> everything is where it should be. <laughs> Just take my word for it. I, I like that idea of him being like, come in on the cops being like, it's 4 a.m. No. no. <laughs> we got places to look, be. Look at this room. One would not murder a person <laughs> here at all. I mean, could you, could you even conceive oh, of no. the idea? If 10 minutes ago I'd chopped up a body in here, wouldn't there be blood on the floor? <laughs> and nary a spot for. <laughs> and I just shriek all the time as I sleep. <laughs> I scream away. In his arrogance, he actually brought in some chairs for them to sit on in the room where he'd killed the man 
with the body directly underneath them under the floorboards. Okay. 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 The sure. officers seemed satisfied and the conversation turned to other things. And uh, just, a, just, just a power at 4 a.m. now. <laughs> yeah. chat was Oh, you're night shreaker, are you? Oh, me that's too. Great. That's cool. That's very <laughs> fascinating. We had you had no chairs in this room. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't go to a dining room or a lounge. Yeah. We're just sitting in on floorboards. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, what well, our narrator seemed to be holding court quite well. Until he started to hear another ringing in his ears. Oh, no. A very loud, loud ringing. So loud, he realised it wasn't in his ears. He worried the officers could also hear it, but they weren't reacting. He spoke quickly and loudly to cover up the sound, but it continued to grow in volume. He gesticulated and argued loudly with them just to cover it up. So now (laughs) they're sitting in chairs, I imagine having a cup of tea, and he's just yelling at them. Oh, no. <laughs> He's arguing about, I don't know. <laughs> He's talking so quickly. <laughs> he, quote, foamed, raved and swore, but nothing. Don't swear in front of a copper. <laughs> he grabbed the chair that he'd been sitting on and dragged it along the floorboards to cover up the sound, but it was still audible. It's good that I'm imagining all the cops sitting in their chairs holding because the, there's no yeah. table holding their glasses <laughs> of tea, just in silence watching yeah. him stomp just around. One of them slowly stirring Stir- it, like so looking at the other cop. Go. I think we need to. <laughs> see. This is weird. He started to really panic. Quote, was it possible they heard not? Almighty God, no, no, they heard. They suspected. They knew. They were making a mockery of my horror. End quote. So he's doing all this stuff. He thinks they're punking him. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like, look, he might be having a little bit of an anxiety attack. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But not, stressed. But not mad. Not mad. Just, just no. stressed. Just stressed. Which is a stressful situation. I get it. We you all know. go through stress sometimes. Yeah. 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 Finally, it grew to boiling point and he put himself out of his own misery when he had to confess. The final line of the story is, quote, Villains, I shrieked. Dissemble no more. I admit the deed. Tear up the planks. Here. Here, it is the beating of his hideous heart. <laughs> End quote. Imagine being the cops sitting in on that, being like, ah, oh, did it again, solved yeah. it. This was a freebie. I'd still be like, sorry, what? Can you- what could you possibly be saying? What are you talking about? Tear up the planks. What planks? Yeah, because I guess there's a scene after this that the, the, the story doesn't go into where he has to be like, oh, no, I killed a guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the like, planks, I mean, these floorboards. The floorboards pick, underneath you, I put his body in I there. I cut his head and legs off. Uh, yeah. And arms. Uh, so but- he had this weird eye. <laughs> it's, it's a hard thing to explain <laughs> after the moment. What would you do with your cup of tea? There's no table. I just be, put it down I, on the t- yeah, on the chair next I, to you, I, yeah. on the floor, <laughs> and then you get to the... You'd down it in one. <laughs> and they'd be like, but I don't see a murder weapon. And he'd have to explain, I crushed him with his back. <laughs> I'll tell you upstairs, I'll show you the murder weapon. <laughs> Just <laughs> into the room. <laughs> what? Well, well you know. that is the most insane <laughs> part of this whole story, <laughs> sir. Insane? <laughs> Man! <laughs> no, I, did, I didn't. I didn't say that at all. I just killed him with a bed. That's you know. I bet you see hundreds of these every day in your line of work. No, no, sir, absolutely first. not. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> sure, he didn't just use a knife. No, that would have made. He sense had a to knife. Us. He had something to dismember. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Why? Why use his bed? Why crush him? Choke him out. Anyway, but that, but that's the story. It's, mm. quite, it's you know it's quite a short story. Yeah, it's quite it's a lot of lot, lot, lot lots going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's got. Less to it than I remember. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I feel like there's less context than I, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming. The thing is that this is one of those stories that so, like you said, The Simpsons have done it. Like so many places have yes. done it, parodied, referenced. So I that think did. that just mixes into making me imagine it's like a, a larger story yeah. than it is. But actually, it's just a 
a guy kills a fella with a bed and goes crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. When I was uh, researching it, I think I came across uh, it's been adapted into full-length films multiple times. Wow. How? You really stretch that out, huh? It's just not that many characters. Yeah. yeah, to me it just sounds very much like like Lady Macbeth style. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like out damp spot. Yeah, it just seems yes. very much just like. Look, I don't want to. I don't want to like besmirch the good name, but it feels like he copied. <laughs> right, being driven. <laughs> yeah, by your own by, guilt, by murder. You know, it like is it a ringing, not a heartbeat? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so at first he hears the heartbeat, and the second time it starts as a ringing, gets louder and louder and louder, and he assumes, oh my god. It must be his heart. That's what's taunting me. Oh, man. His heart is ringing <laughs> in my ears. Yeah, what? <laughs> uh, the most recent film was 2014. Okay. Wow. Rose McGowan stars as a character who, quote, may or may not be real. All right. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. it, Just like the telltale heart. They got 81 minutes out of it. Hey, well, <laughs> that's I guess, all right. I guess it's the kind of story that you could... You know, like if you take the basic ideas of it, yeah, and you add give, a whole you, bunch you, of fluff. You put the backstory in there, yeah. But that's like, for me. That's kind of the intrigue, though, because you're kind of like, who is this guy? Yeah, you're like, how has this guy been working with old Gross Eye yeah. for so long? Yeah, and it's only now that he's like, I'm getting him. How much screen time was uh, like uh, dedicated to the uh, head going into the room? Is what <laughs> I want to know. Oh, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that was in real time. Yeah. So sixty of those eighty-one minutes, <laughs> just a slow <laughs> I look. If an actor could do that, That's I'd, I'd be very impressed. That's it would fun. be it would, kind of captivating to watch like a live yeah. person, yeah. like in a live theatre uh, setting, just, just move so slowly. It's, it's very unsettling to imagine waking up in bed and seeing coming through your doorway <laughs> an eel. <laughs> I mean, like, is that all? It's like drifting back to sleep. You wake up, <laughs> bit of a chin. Uh, it, it just reminds me of that Austin Powers scene with the steamroller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see them coming so slowly. You've got so much time to react. <laughs> and great. still, you just sit up in bed and wait for them to pull you out and pull it on top of you. Imagine mm. getting out of bed and going up to him as he's coming to me. <laughs> you all right? He's still moving slowly. I'm going to sneak past you and go to the bathroom. I need to just, I'll be right back. All right, you keep doing you, buddy. Damn it. But he's already on the move into the room. He can't oh, turn around now. For some reason, it just makes more sense if he's a snake man. <laughs> I imagine him in my mind this whole time. He's been kind of peering around the door like the Velociraptor in Jurassic Park. Some kind of reptile. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I'm getting a reptile vibe. Yeah. It's also interesting that this story, it's like his whole body under the floorboards, not just his big beating heart, which mm. I guess probably doesn't make sense for just his heart to be there. But mm. that's far more visually interesting, surely. Going I must admit, like, the, the cops kind of responding to just someone shrieking that quickly is pretty impressive. Must have been a slow night. Yeah, three of them go round. Yeah. yeah. I want to know the cop story. Yeah, what yeah. are they doing? Well, that's the other that's 21 <laughs> minutes of the film. <laughs> the cop's backstory. <laughs> that's weird to give the telltale heart just open on ten, uh, an hour of a head coming into a room. And some cops being like, hey, it's crazy that it's a quiet night. Yeah. Oh, someone called in a shriek. End credits. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> the telltale heart, kind of. <laughs> um, I think, Zami, you may have hit the nail on the head there when you said that basically implied that he may be an unreliable mm. or untrustworthy narrator with time. Obviously, he's pretty obsessed with not being mad, yeah. but he probably is. What? <laughs> no. I don't, don't know if you saw be. that coming yeah. out. No, I disagree. <laughs> but, yeah, you're right. It sounds like the heartbeat he hears is his own heartbeat and then he has a panic attack. Yeah, he just freaks out about his crime. He's yeah. Like, Which, when you put it, you say it like that, it's just not as spooky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a man going through some oh, shit. He you still know? snuck in. 
He took an hour to walk into her bedroom. That's true. That's true. At least he thought it was an hour. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's, that's what the matters. scariest part. <laughs> uh, the story we briefly talked about is fantastically referenced in the Simpsons episode Lisa's Rival, mm-hmm. where Alison Taylor, voiced by Winona Ryder, oh. comes along and is better and younger uh, than Lisa at everything. And then Lisa hides Alison's telltale heart based entry into the Diorama Rama that we talked mm-hmm. about earlier. Mm-hmm. And Lisa is overcome by guilt and the beating of the Diorama. Uh, by the beating of the diorama, mm. she explodes and says, it's the beating of that hideous heart. I mean, I think I hear something. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Before pretending to find Alison's diorama that she hid under the boards of the gymnasium. Very A good. classic episode. Very good. Oh, man. Skinner was not impressed by either of their yes, dioramas. Yes, and she had done um, uh, Oliver Twist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this doesn't deserve to win. And then he is impressed by uh, all the original Star Wars characters that Ralph's brought in. <laughs> yeah, <that's> a- <laughs> Han, my favourite Wookiee. They're all here. Uh, That's so good. So, so good. So, before we move on to the next one, uh, score out of five, I always ask. Okay. Mm. I don't know. Mm. I want to give it like a two and a half. Yeah, look, I'm there. I maybe give it a two. You can do better, Poe. Yeah. Cask of Montenegro. That one, is that him? (laughs) Is that that him? This is Cask of Monticello. The number one Googled one. He yeah. blocks a fella in a... He yeah, yeah, gets him drunk and he gets... Like, he starts, <laughs> we put you in the cell, idiot. And he starts like Direct boarding boat. him up yeah. or whatever. I think I, got, like, I always read you... that story in primary school and it's still chilling. Oh, it's very stressful. Uh, John Wilkinson, who actually suggested I do a couple of Galen Poe's, mm. one of his suggestions was cask of Amontillado. Okay, I don't know where I got either <laughs> yeah. of the words I said <laughs> yeah. from then. <laughs> he said that's... His, I'm sorry that I didn't do that, John, mm. but... Mm. Maybe another time. It's a classic. Mm. Oh, no, you've trapped me in a wall. Well, you just stay there because yeah. it takes a while to break up a wall. Yeah, that, 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 that one I give five. That's yeah. terrifying. That's, That's spooky. Right. But only, spooky. only a two and a half for this. Yeah. yeah. Not a two from you. Yeah. I know, yeah. two, from, two and a half from me. Two, two from Zama. Me, yeah. yeah. Sorry, not, bro. Yeah. No, not that fine. scary. Not yeah. your best work, even though it's your most <laughs> famous your work. number one. Even though apparently other critics look. Just saying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, I think it's when you when you say it, as a man kills a fellow with a bed and then gets stressed. It's just not that chilling a story, <laughs> you know? Like, I'm yeah. sorry, but a yeah. man locks no, a, a brick and mortars a man up in a... Terrifying. That's spooky. Yeah. Well, I'm going to give it a three and a half. All okay, right. that's, that's fair. So we've brought it up to nearly a three, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> nearly. Oh, sorry, Poe. <laughs> Well, he was a critic. He might be. He's used He'd to this. get it. He'd understand. He's cool. And the yeah, big he's cool with it. <laughs> lollipop, the big lollipop of a man. Pumpkin head. Hey, okay, but what do we give the story I remember about someone killing someone with a leg of lamb <laughs> and making the cops eat it? Well, that's a five. That's, that's spooky. That's, that's such a five. I don't know how. I mean, I don't know where'd, how... She put, where'd she hide a body? <laughs> is, that the whole, is the whole thing being like, no murder weapon, no crime? I don't know. Because, again, <laughs> that's... <laughs> <laughs> There's the dead body, man. Where's the but who did it? You ate it. <laughs> I've just googled it. Better. Lamb to the Slaughter, 1953, short story by Roald Dahl. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Boom! That's probably from his weird book of short stories about oh, that guy that gets an incredible piece of art tattooed on him and then he gets skinned for the art. It's a good book. Yeah, the story was supposedly suggested to Dahl by his friend Ian Fleming, James Bond creator, who said, what a why, don't, why don't you have someone murder their husband with a frozen leg of mutton, which she then serves to the detectives who come to investigate the murder. 
bam. What a story. I mean, that gets rid of the murder <laughs> weapon. Yeah, that's a five. What happens to the body? What a st- don't worry about that. What a story. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the cops are so well fed. They're like, hey, I don't even care if you did kill someone. This man this is being bright. Martin. Tenderized? I don't know how you tenderize this, but wow. Beaten to right death off the by bus. something blunt As and icy. Imagine getting beaten to death with a leg of lamb and being like, you're going to feed this to cops. <laughs> I just that's know. That's the worst part about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look. Mm. I'm glad it was a real story, though. You're not, you not know, a fever you dream. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wish it had been. Yeah. You could have claimed that. That's true. You absolutely could have claimed that. Not anymore. It's dolls now. Mm. All right. So, Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let's move on to part two of the episode where we're going to talk about The Raven. Mm, right. A so, classic. Which Never is uh, published a couple of years after... After the Telltale Heart. It's a narrative poem, first published in 1845, just four years before the author's death. The poem is broken up into 18 stanzas of six lines each. Basically, when you look at it, it's broken up into 18 sections, mini verses. Uh, Poe first brought the raven to his friend and former employer, George Rex Graham of Graham's Magazine in Philadelphia. Rex Magazine sounds way better. Yeah, yeah, it's like Graham's Magazine. (laughs) I don't know if I want to read that. (laughs) Graham declined the poem, which may or not have been in its final version, though he gave $15 to Poe as charity. (laughs) Uh, This poem sucks. Go away. But I feel sorry for you. It's that bad. (laughs) It's great that he gives it. Because, like, we know the race. Like, it's even in a story about a, a raven that comes into a guy's room. Yeah. Yeah. Poe. <laughs> <laughs> I take this and po spend is, it wisely. Is that a good idea for what, a story? It? It's, just, it's, it's talking. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a bird, mate. It's a, a raven's not scary. You know, it's scary bats. Yeah. <laughs> Vampires. Draculas. You right. know, po, here's $15. Your blood. That's scary. Mm. We ain't scared right by this. Vampires. You ever heard of a ghost? I don't know. <laughs> well, so he got laughed at, basically. But obviously it's gone on to be very famous and widely studied. Uh, so this is our first example of poetry on book cheat. Mm-hmm. Cop that Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> I thought because it's quite short, I will attempt to read each stanza okay. or verse mm. and then do a little translation after each. Sure, yeah, I'm excited. Now, I'm going to do my best here. Some of these words. It's okay. I'm, I'm going to shut my it. eyes and just let you take me on a journey. All right. And then... After each mm-hmm. verse. We'll, we'll come back from the journey. Yeah, and we'll, we'll d- discuss. Discuss the journey yeah, yeah, so far. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll go back and forth. So, a new thing for book cheat, but let's give it a crack. Okay. Once upon a night... <laughs> False start. False start. <laughs> I mean... Okay. These... Mulligan, mulligan. <laughs> that was the fourth word that I screwed up. <laughs> and also, compared to some of the words we're going to say, I usually should say midnight pretty easily. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's a pretty normal word. All right, let's, let's okay. try again. Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. 
"'Tis some visitor,' I muttered, tapping at my chamber door. "'Only this, and nothing more.'" Wow. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Ah, well mm. done. I well love done. rapping at my chamber door. <laughs> Insert terrible beatboxing here. <laughs> oh, yeah, <absolutely. laughs> I love the idea of <laughs> Quit rapping. <laughs> Quit rapping, just come inside. Or just someone just like gift wrapping a lot of gifts outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is it for me? I like that he's reading tomes of forgotten lore, but also napping. So like, they're not they're that bo- good. boring. It's not that good. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. great. Gently nap. What does he say? Nearly napping? What is he? Nearly napping. While yeah. I nodded, nearly napping. Nearly yeah. napping. Not not nearly. Not quite there. He's reading about like I don't know law, like you know, like Middle Earth or something. He's going. Like, he's sitting oh, down yeah. reading his Tolkien, reading yeah. his Cimmerillion. Cimmerillion. Too, too much like, detail, mate. Yeah, like, he's like, oh, I wish that I, I should just reread the whole. The, the goddess <laughs> of. She's oh my god, time. is that a tapping? <laughs> Thank goodness. Ta- wrap it the in my great, chamber door. The great evil witch? Is that the same person? Uh, no. uh, okay. I'm going to say that every time someone knocks on the door, be like, tis a visitor, nothing more. <laughs> <laughs> I need not be afraid. <laughs> so again, we have an unnamed narrator having a read, nearly nodding off, and someone has knocked on his door. That's yeah. what he thinks. Sure. Dreaming. Yeah. <laughs> next, next part. Ah, distinctly I remember it was in the bleak December, and each separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor. Eagerly I wished the morrow, vainly I had sought to borrow, from my book's surcease of sorrow, sorrow for the lost Lenore, for the rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore, nameless here forevermore. So he's reading to forget Mm. about his lost love Person yeah. I miss Lenore, Lenore so much. It, you know what'll take my mind off this forgotten law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get it. Although, like rhyming Lenore with Lenore, <laughs> not great. But uh, <laughs> apart from that, it was very yeah, good. Embers, the ghost of embers. That line, very nice. So we know he survives the crow. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's what that that stance has told us. Exactly. He lives through this exactly, which is more than you know Brandon Lee can say. Exactly. <laughs> And the silken, sad, uncertain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before, so that now, to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating, "'Tis some visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door, some late visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door, that it is, and nothing more.'" So he's become afraid of curtains. <laughs> yeah. So the, okay. the noise is freaking him out, and he's trying to tell himself it's all, it's nothing. It's, it's all cool. It's all cool. It's nothing. Don't look at the curtains. Also, purple drapes. What? What is he thinking? What is he That's thinking? That's crazy. For your forgotten law room? No. Mm. <laughs> your forgotten law room, green, emerald green, or nothing else. <laughs> Are we imagining the forgotten law room being basically the library that we were talking about at the beginning? Because yes. I am. We're back yes. in the yes. library, which we are currently. That's yes. true. Yes, absolutely. Every episode of Book Cheats is done in like, <laughs> yeah. the middle of the beautiful, elegant floor. Oh, you better believe there's a fire roaring <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> Presently, my soul grew stronger, hesitating, then no longer. Sir, said I, or madam, truly your forgiveness I implore. But the fact is, I was napping. <laughs> And so gently you came rapping, and so faintly you came tapping, tapping at my chamber door, that I scarce was sure I heard you. Here I opened wide the door, darkness there, and nothing more. You know the old saying, if someone's napping, don't come a rapping. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Actually, that's what he's yelled out. And then he opens the door, he looks out, 
It's darkness. No one's Sad. there. That's great. Sorry, I was asleep. Oh, oh, oh. oh. No. Have I been punked? <laughs> Have I been Ashton Kutcher's punk? Ashton, come on, mate. Where are you? Where are you? Were you rapping and tapping on my door? <laughs> door knocking? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's just been nick knocking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever do that as a kid? I, n- I never did it, but I had it done to me once. Oh. Yeah. Did it freak you out or were you like, I, someone's nick knock? I've been the victim of a nick knock, yeah. Fair enough. I think I wasn't I wasn't that stressed. I feel like a knock at the door is really stressful. Yeah, no. Unless you've done a crime. Yes, thing. unless it's yeah. th- you know, 4 a.m. Well, what and if you're, you're not wearing hidden... pants? That That's stressful in another way. You go, oh, it's, uh, it's annoying. Yeah, it's, 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 I'm not I'm not gripping my chair in panic. <laughs> it is good though if you imagine this whole time he's pantsless. <laughs> Take off your pants, pull out your book of forgotten law. <laughs> I'm ready to read. Ready to forget Lenore. <laughs> exactly. Okay, the next part is, deep into that darkness peering, long I stood there wondering, fearing, doubting, dreaming dreams no mortal ever dared to dream before, but the silence was unbroken, and the stillness gave no token, and the only word there spoken was the whispered word, Lenore? This I whispered, and an echo murmured back the word, Lenore! Merely this, and nothing more. So he's wondering, is this his long-lost love, Lenore? But he's opened the door and nothing is there. Lenore? So I guess Poe had have heard of ghosts. (laughs) Yeah. What's what's going on? Who's out here? I like how, how, like, look, I get it's a poem, but it's just funny how long that stanza is to say, I looked out and there was no one. (laughs) No one was there. there. I heard a whisper in the wind, maybe. To me, my ears, it sounded like Lenore. Like, I was thinking about Lenore because I was, you know, reading some Tolkien stuff. And they did say Tolkien bite there, which kind of to me sounded a little bit like Tolkien. So I reckon he was like a bit of a Middle Earth fan. Just saying. Also, uh, he's given himself a lot of props there with dreaming dreams no mortal ever dared to dream before. Come really? on, mate. Okay. Especially since his dreams are presumably like, what if a ghost was out here? <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what he's thinking of himself. Yeah. I mean, we'd all be thinking that. If we <laughs> were alone in the library yeah. late at night, someone came a rapping. Yeah, I'd be like, a tree branch? <laughs> tree branch in my hallway? Ah, oh, I was thinking like a big, you know, those big windows. Oh, right. Well, no, because it's at the door. At the door. Outside it's knocking door? at my chamber door. <laughs> Not I heard a rapping at the window. Well, is the door leading outside or is it into a hallway? I assume it's into a hallway. I'm I assumed outside. I'm, I'm imagining a hallway personally. Oh, because I imagined that what's a chamber? Yeah, what's a chamber? <laughs> your chamber door. Yeah, your chamber door. I think he is in some sort of uh room, room. within a house. Yeah. Okay. Could be a, a library type okay, thing. Okay, I th- okay. I'm imagining a library too. I was imagining it goes to directly outside. Okay. I guess, but no, I think I, th- I would put money on. It's a room in the house, okay. your chamber. We'll th- we'll see. We will we will see. To be honest, we won't. So <laughs> <laughs> the poem will that's, not clarify. It's still open to interpretation, <laughs> right? Because right. the next bit is back into the chamber, turning all my soul within me, burning. Soon again, I heard a tapping, somewhat louder than before. Surely, said I, surely that is something at my window lattice. Let me see then what thereat is, and this mystery explore. Let my heart be still a moment, and this mystery explore. Tis the wind, and nothing more. Good wordplay. Oh, great. Well done, Poe. So now he's wondering if the tapping is coming from his window, but he writes it off as the wind. Possibly it is a tree after all. See? 
I feel like it's, it's hard to mix up a rapping at the chamber door v a tapping on the window. Yeah, um, he most taps napping. two different sounds. Yeah, you he hear. was napping. He was napping. Yeah, he's half asleep. He's, oh, that's a good point. He's like he's also in. He's probably in a bad mood from a yeah. nap. You get woken up early from a nap. You're <laughs> Absolutely. Not he's like, mm-hmm. hello. Especially mm-hmm. if it's also at night. I don't think a nap is ever good at night. No. Once no. you go to bed after the sundown, yeah. you got to go to bed till sun up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You can't nap. Any time after like four, four, yeah. four. If you nap at four. five, you've just gone to bed yeah. real early. Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> way too early, and you're going to wake up at four a.m. Going, this is. Good. I shouldn't have napped. I shouldn't have napped. Good. You're going to wake up with that nap sweat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. Clearly, like you're wearing your jeans, you <laughs> shouldn't be. I'm all confused. Yeah. <laughs> you know your what's mouth feels on. worse than if you'd gone to sleep <laughs> yeah. for some reason. You're not under the covers. No, it's bad. Curtains oh. are like wide open. Mm-hmm. And you're yeah, like, and mm-hmm. you can see sort of outside light, yeah. but it's like. D- you know, uh, yeah, that's a terrible way to live. Yeah. That's why he's lost it. I'd say. Open here, I flung the shutter when, with many a flirt and flutter. Flirt? Ooh. Ooh. Oh, saucy, saucy <laughs> bird. Oh, we well, in there bird. stepped a stately raven of the saintly days of yore. Not the least obeisance made he. So stately. Yeah, what, a, what a word. <laughs> Not a minute stopped or stayed he, but with mine of lord or lady, perched above my chamber door, perched upon a bust of palace just above my chamber door, perched and sat and nothing more. Aww. So he's opened the the, uh, the window and the raven has flown in mm-hmm. without so much of, of a mark of respect, no yeah. bow or anything. Like the saints of law of yore. That's, yeah, yeah that's so what he that, said. You know. And that's the obe- not the least obeisance, which is... <laughs> A word I definitely Googled. <laughs> so he just comes straight in and lands on a bust of Pallas, which is another name for Athena, the Greek goddess of wisdom, war, and handicraft. <laughs> war and handicraft. That rule. You need I mean, tapestries about war. Again. I mean, but if you've got the portfolio of war, you yeah. don't need handicraft. No, give that's doing nothing for you. Someone else. Give that. No one. Give that to no. Hermes. What's he doing? Yeah. No. Well, that's kind of like Poseidon has horses for some reason. Yeah. He didn't need horses. That's he can't do sense. anything with horses. Exactly. He'd drown horses. Yeah. <laughs> he is in the sea. Horses famously are land animal. <laughs> famously. <laughs> famously, they exist on the, the uh, ground. Right, uh, Poseidon, you can take the sea. Horses. What about eagles? Birds? You like birds? <laughs> take them. Take them. They're, They're all for yours. How about a goat? You want a goat? <laughs> I'm looking at Hermes. We we could handball his his uh, portfolio was already trade, mm-hmm. heraldry, mm-hmm. merchants, commerce, roads, thieves, tricks, tricksters, trickery, sports, travellers, and athletes. He's got a lot on his <laughs> plate. He's just your catch-all. Yeah, he could take handicraft. Yeah, he's yeah. misc. He's welcome to it. <laughs> what are you the god of? Misc, misc, whatever's going. <laughs> so basically, a raven's flown in. It's on top of palace. The a bust. Mm-hmm. Which I assume is made of you know, stone or whatever above the uh, the chamber door, and it's just perched there. Weird place for a bust. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Can't get up there. Can't dust it. Oh, I'm, a, I'm struggling to imagine the layout. That's of this a dusty room. bust. <laughs> it's a dusty, dusty busty. Bust. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then this ebony bird, beguiling my sad fancy into smiling, by the grave and stern decorum of the countenance it wore. Though thy crest be shorn and shaven, thou, I said, art sure no craven, ghastly grim and ancient raven, wandering from the nightly shore. Tell me what thy lordly name is on the night's Plutonian shore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. 
Basically, that's a long, long, long-winded way of asking the Raven, "What is your name?" Plutonian shore. Plutonian, mm, like the shores of Pluto. Pluton- I have to assume. What po? <laughs> it just feels like you had a word count you wanted to try and hit. It just, just sounds like he was like, "I need." Because did he rhyme shore with shore there? Nightly Shore and then Knight's Plutonian Shore. Yeah, yeah. come on, Poe. You're better than that. What is Plutonian? No. Yeah. Also, um, if I'm spooked and a ra- I guess if a raven comes in and I'm already on edge, I might be like, who are you? But I'm not going to be like, hey, what's your name? How you doing? <laughs> I don't think I'd be... Uh, hey, Mr. Raven, what's cracking? Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't say, what's your name? And it's just said, nevermore. You're like, yeah. Okay. Not yeah, a like, name. I've, I've had a bird fly into my house, yeah. or at least the house I was uh, staying at, and I never stopped once to ask it its name. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, buddy, you need help because you're freaking out and scared. Yeah, yeah. to be honest, that is rude on your behalf. <laughs> not introduce yourself or ask them their name. I, I, gr- I agree. Yep. Uh, you're right, though. In this poem, realistically, Realistically, our unnamed narrator of this show should, should just be like, ah, and go get a broom. Yeah. <laughs> get, get. get out. Get out. He doesn't get know out. where he is. The raven's confused. I've been in you know, a lot of malls where there's been pigeons, and I've never stopped once to introduce myself or ask them their name. I, I once had a I'm... bat fly into my house, and I had to get it out with a broom. Yeah. Wow. I thought it was a big moth, but it was just a little bat, <laughs> and it would not. It kept going behind paintings. I was up for like an hour. <laughs> big, bo- big moth, little bat. Jackson Bailey stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Did it so bite you, you? They have rabies. Yeah, this, I, I just hit it with a broom a couple just, times and it left. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was all right. Just look. Hmm. Uh, so you're asking about Plutonian shore. Plutonian yes. there is a reference to Pluto, the Roman god of the underworld. The narrator, upon first encountering the raven, is amused by its stately nature and jokingly accuses it of having emerged from Knight's Plutonium Shore, which in that context is the border between the worlds of the living and the dead. Gotcha, I like gotcha, that he thinks gotcha. it's a big joke. Yeah. <laughs> Who's that for? Bit of a joke here. Bit of a joke just for himself. He thinks it's an omen from the underworld. Yeah, but it's funny to tell that joke in. to you to be like, who's, who's this idiot? Are you from <laughs> the underworld? <laughs> then you look around your big empty yeah. chamber. You guys getting this? You guys think this is a funny joke, Lenore? Oh. Anyone laughing? Nah. She's dead. She's just missing. Is she missing? I don't know. Gone? She's Left him? Missing, presumed dead. Missing, yeah. presumed dead? Nah, that's sad. Oh. Left him at <laughs> yeah. the altar. That's my, that's my head. Cabin. That's your head. That's your so. law. That's my, yes. Uh, much I marveled this ungainly fowl to hear discourse so plainly, though its answer little meaning, little relevancy bore. For we cannot help agreeing that no living human being ever yet was blessed with seeing bird above his chamber door, bird or beast upon the sculptured bust above his chamber door, with such a name as nevermore. So he thinks the bird is a bad symbol, particularly because the name is nevermore. Did well, he also say that this has never happened to someone yeah, before? Well, mainly because no one's ever put a bust above their chamber <laughs> yeah, door. It's a yes. weird because place. it is weird and probably impossible to do. So. Absolutely. I just like he asks him the, the 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 name and the bird said nevermore. Now he's assuming that the bird understood him. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Like, weird nice. name, all right. <laughs> weird name for a bird. Cool. All right, whatever. Uh, here's a weird thing that I've just realized about this poem. Because like I've heard bits of it before, and in my head. I just assume nevermore is a thing you teach a raven, like hello cocky for a cockatoo. <laughs> <laughs> like, like there's just there's just like you know you make an assumption when you're very young and you don't question it until yes. now. That's I'm like yeah yeah you get a raven teach it to say nevermore and the story is just about someone encountering a se- said raven. <laughs> I'd like someone to do a version of this where instead of nevermore it's a cockatoo saying hello cocky. Hello cocky. All right, <laughs> uh, weird name, but okay. weird name. Go with it. Is this a cockatoo from hell? I don't know. <laughs> 
Lenore. Lenorki. feel a bit like he chose Lenore just as a way to... Like, he was oh, like, yeah, what yeah. rhymes here? What rhymes? Lenore? Do Lenore. Lenore. Mm, done. Platonian sure, sure. Sure, good. Sure, sure. Mm. Uh, but the raven sitting lonely on the placid bust spoke only that one word, as if his soul in one word he did outpour. Nothing farther than he uttered, not a feather than he fluttered, till I scarcely more than muttered, other friends have flown before, on the morrow he will leave me, as my hopes have flown before. Then the bird said, nevermore. So our narrator is saying there, all his other friends have left him, so he's presuming the raven will leave him too. <laughs> great, great two presumptions. The raven will leave him. The raven's his friend. Yeah. <laughs> My new best friend, the raven. Let me just stop you right there. <laughs> the raven has said, never more. Is he saying you'll never leave? What's yeah. Uh, this raven is my new best friend. <laughs> Fella, come on. Go, go out more. I understand you're sad about Lenore, but... But really, a raven is not a boy's best friend. <laughs> Started at the stillness broken by reply so aptly spoken. Doubtless, said I, what it utters, it is only stock and store, caught from some unhappy master whom unmerciful disaster followed fast and followed faster till his songs one burden bore till the dirges of his hope that melancholy burden bore of never never more so he's saying that the repeating of the word nevermore is freaking out our storyteller. So he tries to calm himself down by guessing that it's the only word the bird knows and okay. that he's just mindlessly repeating it like a cockatoo. Yeah, is, is the implication of that that he's like, whoever used to own this raven taught it the word nevermore mm. as a joke? Good <laughs> goof. He's actually he's trying to say... The surely it used to belong to a depressed owner who was so sad oh. that he must have said the word nevermore so many times <laughs> that the bird picked up on it. Okay. I think yeah. he's like, everyone else is as sad and lonely <laughs> as I am, right? A little projection there. Yeah, but or that's like fine. maybe he's like, you know, the owner was like a guy who kept getting, you know, like, you know, bullied or whatever. Mm. And he's like, you know, he looked in the mirror like, nevermore, nevermore. Yeah, what never. happened again? Nevermore. Never. I'm a big, brave man. Nevermore. And then his raven was like, nevermore. And he was like, I got to get rid of you. <laughs> I'm sending you towards that sad guy. <laughs> you mocking me. But you making fun of me as well? Never more. I ma- said never more. Can you imagine this scene like the scene in Taxi Driver. You talking to me? You talking to me, Raven? That I own, Raven. You making fun of me, Raven? Get at that window, Samuel L. Jackson. Say never more again. I double dare But uh, to continue. We're uh, over two-thirds of the way through here. But the raven still beguiling all my fancy into smiling. Straight I wheeled a cushioned seat in front of bird and bust and door. Then upon the velvet sinking, I betook myself to linking fancy unto fancy, thinking that this ominous bird of yore, what his grim, ungainly, ghastly, gaunt and ominous bird of yore meant in croaking, nevermore. So he grabs a plush chair, Mm -hmm. a velvet chair. This guy's doing all right. He's got a whole like yeah. library chamber, a law room. Yeah. He pulls up a pew and sits down and thinks, what the hell is this bird talking about? Why does he keep saying nevermore? Yeah. So what? he's gone off the theory of him knowing only one word. He's discounted it. He said, it's garbage. I was yeah. an idiot for thinking it. 
let's not this out. Wait, In my was mind, it, was it law L A W? Sorry, I'm just imagining me big old nerd. Now I realize law is something else. <laughs> no law. Oh, okay. Hello, R E. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. not just a lawyer boning up or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, for some reason, when I imagined him lying down on the velvet cushion, I didn't mm. imagine a chair. I imagined him getting a, a plump cushion, putting it down in front of the raven, and then kneeling on it. <laughs> I don't know why. Come, that, raven. Come, raven. Teach me. <laughs> teach me your ways. <laughs> so he's sitting there, mm. and to continue. This I sat engaged in guessing, but no syllable expressing, to the fowl whose fiery eyes now burned into my bosom's core. This and more I sat divining, with my head at ease reclining, on the cushion's velvet lining that the lamplight gloated o'er, but whose velvet violet lining with the lamplight gloating o'er, she shall press ah nevermore. That is o'er as in over. Yeah, o'er. Like nor'wester. <laughs> Uh, one of Shakespeare's favourite things to include. So basically he sits for a moment in silence on yeah. the velvet, mm-hmm. wondering about the bird's fiery eyes and what it could, what it would feel like if they burnt into his bosom's core. He admits he is sad and that Lenore will never again be able to sit on the cushion as he is. Aww. He's sad Lenore will never be able to similarly contemplate yeah. this rape. <laughs> Lenore would love this. <laughs> She'd be like, man... That bird's inside. What? That's crazy. What the heck is this rifle? Get a broom. There, yeah, why is there a bird in our house? <laughs> why is there a bird in our door Did bust? She was That's your kitty meal. Kitty meal. <laughs> then methought the air grew denser, perfumed from an unseen censer, swung by seraphim, whose foot tolls tinkled on the tufted floor. Wretch, I cried, thy God hath lent thee, by these angels he hath sent thee. Respite, respite and nepenthe from thy memories of Lenore. Quaff, oh quaff, this kind nepenthe, and forget this lost Lenore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. So is he, is he saying now, like, Seraph? It's like an angel. Okay. So he starts to imagine the air getting denser with a mysterious perfume, thinking that the thickening air was sent from God and angels sent to him to help forget uh, his love, Lenore. Well, that's sweet that God's looking out for yeah. him. So he thinks this is a, a godly So God thing. sent a raven. I mean, look, God, you could have, like, hey, brought back my dude. Maybe or just made it a bit of a clear. Nah, <laughs> just make me forget her a little. Sound a okay. raven. This man, yeah. this raven is destroying this man's life. Is there a version of this poem from the raven's perspective? <laughs> <laughs> I watched a man kneel and look at me. I don't know. <laughs> this is not outside. <laughs> or it's just four words. <laughs> it's just never more written four times. And quaff, oh, quaff, this kind of penthe to forget this lost and all. That's him thinking about quaffing a drink to mm, help okay. forget his sadness. Fair enough. Drink away the memories. Yeah. Well, get you. Prophet said I, thing of evil, prophet still, if bird or devil, whether tempter sent or whether tempter tossed thee here ashore, desolate yet all undaunted, on this desert land enchanted, on this home by horror haunted, tell me truly, I implore, is there, is there balm in Gilead? Tell me, tell me, I implore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. So just to re-explain that one, yeah, it's yeah, getting please. more and more confusing here. Our guy is getting angry now, <clears throat> accusing the bird of being some sort of evil prophet. Oh. The raven remains still and undaunted by his yelling. Yeah. He's evil like, evil oh, okay. I'm just a raven fellow. Evil like, fair enough, like an evil omen, but a prophet. <laughs> okay. And when he says, is there balm in Gilead, that's a biblical reference, which pretty much means, does the future have hope? 
Sure. He's asking the Raven. To I like that road. he's still going. The Raven is going to just say never more, mm. fella. Yeah, and he's saying, tell me, I implore, is there hope? Is there hope? And he says, never, never more. more. Never Not more. what you want to hear. No, I mean, you could. You, now that you know the answer, you could really stack those questions. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Are things going to be not not bad? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> never more. Dead <laughs> uh, So two, two of these standards to go. Second last one. Be that our word of parting, bird or fiend, I shrieked upstarting. Get thee back into the tempest and the night's Plutonian shore. Leave no black plume as a token of that lie thy soul hath spoken. Leave my loneliness unbroken. Quit the bust above my door. Take thy beak from out of my heart and take thy form from off my door. Quote the raven, nevermore. Basically, he's asked the, the raven to leave him, but Get of course, out of here, he raven. stays. He asks if his love will be re- if he and his love will be reunited in heaven. The raven obviously does not know, and the, re- <laughs> the response is not what he wants to hear. Yeah, the raven is quite oblivious to. Hello, the- sorry, I am a raven. <laughs> what? Never more. <laughs> uh, never more. <laughs> now the final stand. I just can't wait to see the climax of this poem. This is eighteen of eighteen. If- any like can, can ravens actually speak? I believe yes, but clearly I don't know jack about ravens. Yeah. So I have I'm in my head to be like a raven, so like like it's a crow. Never like, more, never more, never more. Is that just what a raven sounds like? Like if you're already. You're We're not. hoping you're enjoying listening to this. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've just googled can a raven talk, and a mental floss article has come up saying in. Ca- Captivity, ravens can learn to talk better than some parrots. What? Oh. That's cool. Well, and what I say to that? Never more. <laughs> okay. Final stanza, 18 of 18. Guys, we're nearly there. Yes. <clears throat> this is how it all finishes. It's all comes so excited. together. I'm so excited. It's going to kill that bird. I just know it. <laughs> it's going to cook it <laughs> and feed it to some cops. <laughs> the beating of that telltale raven. <laughs> it was a one-dimensional storyteller. <laughs> okay, here it is. <clears throat> and the raven, never flitting, still is sitting, still is sitting on the pallid bust of Pallas just above my chamber door, and his eyes have all the seeming of a demon that is dreaming, and the lamp light o'er him streaming throws his shadow on the floor, and my soul from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted nevermore. I would love if this poem ended with <laughs> based on a true story. <laughs> Finn. <laughs> it's just a great... That's, that's it's, a, it's great, yeah. but it's just so funny that this is the story of a man who saw a raven and got annoyed. <laughs> and yelled yeah. at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so final, a captive raven that escaped. Yeah. That final uh, stanza there, shifting from tense, uh, shifting tense from past to present. The final line reveals that the raven. If this isn't this isn't in the past. That raven is still there now on the bust above the door. Mm, it's Found a new ass. Yeah, yeah. His nasty. eyes have turned to that of a devil and he throws a scary shadow on the floor that has trapped our narrator and his, sho- his soul shall never be lifted, nevermore. So oh. we- I imagine he's still there to this day. Oh, wow. No. Man, we mocked him and th- thought, like, hey, it's just a raven, but actually it was a Satan. Turns out it was Satan turning up in the form of a crow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> Man. It takes a while a for this go. devil bird to, like, reveal its true colour. Like it lets him 
like kind of go ham for a bit before being like, yeah, I'm Satan. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're uh, right. You got me. I'm the devil. Travis yourself. Satan bird. Classic me. Well, I mean, it's quite. Sp- yeah. It's how are we feeling. Was that spooky at all? I think that's spookier than the Telltale Heart. Yeah. I think you, everyone knows that feeling of like a pretty mundane thing. Like if you're already in a weird mood and a mm. bird comes into the house. And it's late at night and you're only lit by a fire, as we are now, you know. Yes. Ooh, sorry, just oh, let me uh, get some more kindling. Ah, absolutely. Get some marshmallows yeah. in here. Everybody's in their gym jams. Grand. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. nice. We just got some cognac we stole from Edgar Allan Poe's grave. <laughs> but we all, So I get the spookiness of that. It's got, yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's got it's, something. It's almost like, like, almost, you know, like, you know, Cthulhu and stuff. Yeah. Where it's just like, oh, yeah, it's just that, that mundane, which ends up being like this eldritch horror. Yeah, it's a bit it's cosmic, like, weirdly. Yeah, it's story. Like, Go. It's just a bird, but oh no, it's an evil bird. Ah, yeah. I got me. But with in many ways, I'm disappointed that it doesn't just remain a bird. Mm. I say that with like I feel like that would be spookier. <laughs> it's well, like, I, it's I like, mean, it hasn't transformed fully. It's just its eyes have gone a little bit possibly well, still, devilish, yeah. and then it's casting a bit of a shadow, yeah. and, and again, it's trapped. It was napping, yeah. so yeah. it might just be like exactly. I suppose mm. we don't know. He's just seeing weird things. He's yeah. just spooked by a raven. He's but I think that's it's raven. like it's like seeing the shark in Jaws. <laughs> the moment its eyes become red, I'm like, ah, well, you wrecked it. Yeah, yeah. I know. it would have been better if it was more. You're like ambiguous. Yeah, so and you like, could, you know, theoretically, this could happen to you. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! <laughs> Having a friend of a friend of mine, and Crelin Poe's the raven. <laughs> And now I'm asking, would it have been scarier if it was like a dog? No, like it bounds through. Never more. Never <laughs> more. <laughs> yes, that's I'd be way like, scary. I have to show this talking dog to someone. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like this Satan dog. <laughs> I'm going to get four friends and get a mystery machine. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> is it scarier if it's just a guy? <laughs> never more. He's <laughs> like, he's just, like he knocks on the door. He's like. He's, he's gone. Uh, never more. And then he just comes through the window, just climbing through, climbs oh, up on the bus, perches push. himself. Never more, mate. Please leave my house. <laughs> Get the broom. <laughs> I would. Know, I think a raven was the right choice. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good. That's a scary enough bird. What's scarier, be. raven or crow? Are they the same? No, I think they're different. And in fact, here's the thing: I think is true. Mm. I think in Australia we have ravens, but we call them crows. But in the rest of the world or England, they have crows. But they have crows, but call them ravens. That's something I feel like I heard once. Right. What is that riddle about a riding desk and a raven? What's a raven like a riding raven? That's the one. Yeah. What's a raven like a riding raven? Yeah. Well, no, the riddle is. Why is a raven like a writing desk? And it was designed to have no answer, but then riddle experts, and I say that with heavy quotation marks, <laughs> so I don't believe it's a real career, <laughs> came in and had an answer. What yeah, you, shade riddle to riddle expert. experts out there. Why? Well, I've um, just jumped on birdsinbackyards.net. Yes. All right. Fantastic. What is the difference between a crow and a There are six members of the Corvidae found in Australia. Okay. The family Corvidae. Cor- Okay. Uh, day. <laughs> Five native breeding species and one infrequently uh, self-introduction. Whatever that means. There are <laughs> cool. three are called crows and three ravens, although there is really little difference. Okay. Most Australian species are similar in size and coloration and can be difficult to tell apart. In some cases, identification is aided by the separate ranges of different species. But differences in plumage, habits and calls offer good clues for distinguishing uh, against them. Okay, so there's not really much yeah. difference. It yeah. could be Quoth the Crow. Yeah. Absolutely. Theoretically. What about a magpie? I think that'd be kind of cool. Magpies are a little bit scary. Yeah. One, mm. you know, and they all they have red eyes. 
Well, that's true. Wait, are a crow's eyes red already? Also, it could be the fire. I like that we've been trying to solve these yeah, poems. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're, we're doing God's work. <laughs> exactly. Imagine a magpie coming in. <laughs> Quoth the magpie. Ha! Ah, what is this? I am but in England. We have different magpies. That's now, true. Yeah. This uh, episode, well, this. Um, mm. Story is also referenced on The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. To be honest, this whole show yeah. is basically uh, Simpsons references explained. That's yes. that's good. Uh, which one I didn't get, which when I was reading to Ed Gallen Poe, is yeah. um, a lot of places where he lived now are now museums around America. Okay. But none of his childhood homes exist. Sure. So they've all been bulldozed or lost because he moved around a lot as a kid. He had a sad life. And I get there, there's one, uh, a reference in The Simpsons, which didn't make sense until I read that, which is in Homer's Triple Bypass. He's behind, uh, driving behind Hans Molman, who's transporting a home on the back of a trailer. And yeah. it says, birthplace of Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> and, and Homer gets angry and rams him. And it goes <laughs> off, a, off a cliff and explodes. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. <laughs> I love that they... they what a reference. I know. Oh, but it, none of his homes exist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. But I should say, the only... I'm a huge Simpsons fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolute diehard. The only episode as a kid of The Simpsons that I didn't like was the final portion of the first Treehouse of Horror episode from season two devoted to mm-hmm. the Raven. Sure. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that episode, yeah. The kids think it sucks. Homer's so scared. Yeah. yeah. Homer, Quote the Raven, Homer, eat my shorts. Yes. Great, classic. <laughs> Great stuff. Well, now I, I watched it again today after yeah. having read and understood the poem a bit better. Homer plays our narrator, but it's actually read by James Earl Jones. That's oh, his beautiful voice. So if you want great. to hear it told in the way it probably should be, you should listen to that. Uh, Marge is Lenore on the wall and Bart is the raven. Okay. I've got a much deeper appreciation of it now. But as a kid, I hated that. <laughs> <laughs> I hated it. Aww. I think I remember being quite spooked by that one as a kid. I think they just, they just did a good job of making that chamber door and that room look really upsetting. Oh, yes, it was, it was very nice. Yeah, it's just like it, I just didn't find it funny. Yeah, well, it was wasn't happening. really. Yeah, I mean, no, like, it, still, it was, but like it's still not that funny. I but, mean, but, it's one of the, it's one of those go jokes where you go, huh, "Very good. I see. Yeah, what you did. I see what you did. There. <laughs> very clever. Very clever. Good. Well sales. done, Matt Groening. Well done. <laughs> That's all it is. But yeah, no one's Clap laughing you on the back. No, no one's, one's laughing out loud. Yeah, exactly. No. Nobody's rolling on the floor in tears. No, like, there's no ha ha. Yeah, yeah. exclamation mark. Yeah. Exclamation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think that I think that is like my main point of reference for mm. Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven is the Treehouse of Horror version, and I don't know if I've ever seen it anywhere else except here today. <laughs> here, well, there you go. Well, having heard it today, mm-hmm. score out of five, please, gentlemen. I reckon we got four. Yeah, I was going to say four as well. Yeah, well, it was good. I like it. I like. There's a lot yeah. of good imagery. Look, he repeats himself and like he rhymes. You know, sure with sure a few. But times. But he does it a couple but, times, so maybe it's, it's intentional. Exactly. It's fine. I do like there's some really nice like uh, imagery, especially yeah. like the ghost, the embers. That's good. That's good. Nice. Yeah, and then we have a Satan bird. Yeah. And any story that ends in a Satan bird, good for me. I just I like you know people making something regular spooky, mm. and, and they've I, done it with a raven. I love a good rhyme rhyme going on. Oh yeah. I went to the store. Sure, said I. Mm. I love that one, one two. Oh, didn't oh. expect that. <laughs> oh, look no. out! It's not at the end of the line. There's a couple within the line. <laughs> I enjoy that writing. So I'm also going to give it a four out of five. Yeah, mm. it's good. So. Meaning that this 
is much more critically acclaimed in our in our library. Yeah, hundred percent. Than the Telltale Heart. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. You got to rearrange your pose. Probably more. <laughs> more famous. Oh wow! Got to the P section. Got to turn <laughs> that big wheel. Oh no! I'm gonna get crushed. <laughs> P is all definitely. the way down one end. Oh no! We'll tie a rope around your waist it's so it's safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like spelunking. <laughs> but thank you for joining me on uh, that. That's the Edgar Allan Poe section out of the way. Now to wrap up the episode. So what I've been doing is uh, shouting out to some of our Patreon supporters. Sure. So people support this podcast, Book G, but also do go on mm-hmm. my other show with Matt and Jess, which is a lot of fun. And I think I'd like to do one on Edgar Allan Poe. All right. Yeah, maybe a, a spin-off of this. His whole because it sounds like there's a lot of crazy stuff life. below the surface. Yeah, there, yeah, 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 absolutely. So uh, and also Matt's uh, spin-off podcast as well, which is Primates. And so if you yeah if you want to. If you want to support this show and all those other ones, you go to patreon.com slash dogoonpod. There's just one Patreon for all that kind of stuff. And um, I've started up a book club on there as well where I tell people in advance what I'm reading. Because ah, even great. though that this show is meant to stop you from reading, I've had several people contact me saying, hey, I'd love to read the book before you talk about it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> even though I... <laughs> show is, do not read it. No, no, I'm very happy that people are reading. And I've had a lot of people actually get in contact saying after they hear it, they go out, it's inspired them to read. Someone who is, uh, oh, I wish I could, I had your name in front of me now. One of our Patreon supporters told us in the Patreon Facebook group that the show inspired them to start reading. And this year already, they've read 60 books. That's wow. No, it's amazing. Before that, they weren't Fantastic. reading Billy at all. I've read that one book 60 times. <laughs> yeah. so no, that counts. Yeah, that counts. That counts. <laughs> I, I've read one and a half, and I started the other one last year sometime. Mm, that's I'm, rough. I'm terrible. You're behind. jeez. <laughs> oh, but if you want to get involved, uh, and also another thing I do is I shout out to uh, people uh, so to say, thank, uh, say thanks, and also I read out their favourite book, oh, and fantastic. we get to judge their choice. <gasps> oh, fantastic. That's exciting. I look forward to not understanding or knowing any of these books. <laughs> All right. And uh, I do it in order. I describe a few. Uh, so out of order, I describe some random names. And I'd like to thank uh, Detective Herbert Covington. Look out. Watch out. <laughs> Do not invite him in after murdering someone and hiding him under the floor. My favourite book, question mark, like that. <laughs> Me? Well, since you asked. Well, <laughs> well. Uh, probably The Traveller, Volume 1. Oh, I've never heard I of it. I don't know what I can only assume that it's is. Uh, I, I hadn't heard of it either. Apparently it's about a tra- time-travelling superhero oh. who has to stop himself from saving his wife in order to create his own origin story. Oh, uh, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a bar- barrel of laugh. <laughs> laugh a minute. Poor wife there. I know, yeah, yeah, that's no, rough. No, no. Uh, thanks, but thanks to uh, Detective uh, HC. Uh, William Young, favourite book is probably A Clockwork Orange. Ah, Eggy Weggies. A book I've never read, Me but I have either. seen the movie. I would like to do it uh, for, for the show. Yeah. I studied it in college, he tells us, mm-hmm. and wrote an essay on it. It's mm. a fantastic novel about how evil can be as necessary to human nature as good and also manages to create another language in the form of NADSAT. Mm. Well, also, the film it inspired is one of my favourites, so he likes it on all yeah, He's a big fan. That's good because often people that love mm. the book, you know, the film, the film, time. Yeah. So thanks, Will. Uh, Brian and Laura are a couple... Of people, I don't know if they are a couple, brother and sister, perhaps, probably a couple. I'm thinking yeah. that, uh, share a Patreon. Well, maybe look, you know, husband and first cousin. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Who knows to say yeah, in no this crazy here. little blue yeah. marble of ours? As long as you're both above eighteen, no judgment. Get exactly. with your cousin. <laughs> Please do for me. So they've got two entries here. Favorite book from Brian is probably a trilogy called The Age of Misrule, which mm. is a story about a group of modern day, well, early two thousands misfits 
and Celtic mythology. Cool. Ooh. That does sound that cool. sounds all right. Sounds yeah. Really cool. And Laura says, uh, my favorite book is Good Night, Mr. Tom, because it's sad but also hopeful. Good Night, Mr. Tom was uh, one of the stories that my grade six teacher, we used to have this thing where it was at least once a week, but maybe even daily, we'd all sit down, yeah. cross leg on the floor, and she would read a chapter of a book. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got, we got that. Yeah. yeah I really, and it, man, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was great. It was about, it was about, that is a, there's a very formative moment in my childhood there where it was the middle of talk time, and there was this kid whose name was Harry, I forget his, his last name, he was chatting to his friend William. They were sitting behind me, teachers reading the book, they're chatting away. Teachers like, hey, Harry. Please be quiet. Harry looks at her, says nothing, keeps talking. And that was the first time I'd seen authority questioned. Because <laughs> I was like, you can do that? <laughs> he just did it. Whoa. He didn't even stop. She's yelling at him. He just He's just keeping on going. <laughs> Change me forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now you're, you're in a bad boy for life. <laughs> uh, and Good Night, Mr. Tom was one of the ones that... Uh, my teacher, Mrs. Williams, read us, and yeah, it stayed with me. It is—it's a—it is sad, but also hopeful. I will oh, admit that. It's about nice. a uh, young uh, boy who, in the Second World War, I believe, in England, is sent out to the country to get away from the city because it's being bombed and, oh, and raided yeah, and yeah. things, and he has to stay with a man called Mister Tom. And it's about their the journey getting to to know each other, and yeah, it's lovely, but also there are some sad moments in there. <laughs> so. Most stories about the war generally <laughs> yes, are. make sure you're in a good place right. when reading because it can be a little teary, that one. But thanks to everyone that supports the show on Patreon. It really does genuinely make a difference to us and makes makes it so we could st- uh, start our spin-off podcast from Do Go On. So if you want to get involved, chuck in even a couple of bucks a month. It is very well received. But, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. Anytime. Anytime. It's a blast. Now we should, Always have a good one. You guys were on the uh, – did we say this at the start or was this off air? You are on the Frankenstein episode. We did say yes. that. Yes. If you want to hear more of the three of us gas-bagging away and mm-hmm. you haven't heard the Frankenstein episode, that was a lot of fun. Get on that it. One. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. great. And if you want to hear the three of us and our – other podcast mate Joel Dusha talk also about uh, not Frankenstein but who was it Hamlet 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 because that's right because I did an episode with uh, Joel who also hosts uh, Plumbing the Death Star with you guys Mm -hmm. uh, about Hamlet and then basically someone tweeted saying it's the perfect spin-off and it really was we talked in length, uh, <laughs> but in the style of your show, Plumbing the Death Star, which is a lot of fun, about Hamlet and some possible... Trying to survive, yeah, it, I think, fictional is what we did. Yeah, so <laughs> if we could make it through ourselves. Our four-headed beast or four brothers. It was hard to say. It was you know, unclear. It was, I had a really good it time. It was great. It was a lot yeah. of fun. So we, yeah, spoiler, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I've been on a couple of your uh, your show, Plumbing the Death Star episodes. Uh, the other one, I recently got to talk about Pokemon for about mm. an oh, hour. Yeah. And that is one of my favorite things ever. So <laughs> thanks for letting me do it. That was Anytime. great. Yeah, that Deep was feather. Deep it's feather, crumb. Too easy. <laughs> Tell you how you make it happen. How you make the magic happen. <laughs> Oh, but that was good fun. So uh, any other pods and stuff you want to plug at the moment? You've got one show left at the Melbourne Comedy Festival at yes, the moment. Yes, and uh, uh, if you that's... want to grab tickets, unfortunately, it is all sold out. Oh, uh, even the final show? Damn. Yes. Uh, well, thanks, for, thanks for coming on anyway. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is coming out uh, yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, if you want to come, try your luck at the door. Maybe you'll get you in. You might be lucky. A couple People tickets might cancel. Cool to stand, I guess. Yeah. yeah we'll By see what means. happens. It's my, not fun. My friends went to see a comedy festival show last night and... There was three of them, two tickets available. They rang up the box office and said, hey, there's two available online. Is there any chance of another one? And she said, well, you could always try your luck. What do you mean try your luck? <laughs> what, that someone doesn't turn up and then their friend says, hey, hey, blah, blah, like in a medical emergency, go sell her ticket. Like, <laughs> how are they ever going to get that lucky? What does that mean? Yeah, There was definitely going to be one person standing outside the door. Hmm. But if you bring the show back, I... 
sadly, I've been doing my live pod at, yes. at the same, nearly exactly the same time, so it's been hard yes. to see. So I implore you to bring it back, if not selfishly for me to witness. <laughs> we'll do our best. Yeah, we'll try. Big deal, and maybe next year's Mikov. Yeah, keep, and, keep it in your mind. Crossed. And anything else to plug? You have Sandspans Radio, which yes. is me- it's plumbing the Death Star. It's yes. one of your your mainstays, but you've got many other podcasts on oh, that network. Oh, we do. We've got Plumbing the Death Star. We've got Shut Up a Second. We've got How Good's Footy. We've got Bailey Family Circus. Why am I sad? Bigsofttitty.png. <laughs> am I missing any? Did you say D&D is for nerds? D&D is for nerds. <laughs> the other one we do. Am I missing any more? Probably. Five, that's six, seven. I think I'm missing two more. Whoopsie daisies. <laughs> hey. Sorry if I missed you guys out. And the rest. And the rest. <laughs> and the they say on Gilligan's Island, <laughs> which was literally two more. I've talked about this a lot on Google. <laughs> literally two more people. The professor and Marianne is all they had to say. And they said, and the rest. Nearly the same amount of syllables. <laughs> From season two onward, they got in the credits, but it was ridiculous. That's baffling. Yeah, That's yeah. truly and baffling. And the rest of what we do. And to be honest, nearly they nearly got off every week because of the professor. He was a very He's integral. fairly He's integral to Gilligan's he... Island. I agree. Mm. Mm. Marianne, one of my favourite characters, so they, they were absolutely robbed. <laughs> but I guess that does bring us to the end of the show. One thing I would like to say is if you want to suggest a book or a poem these days, mm. hey, we're open to Anything's it. Anything's possible, right? yeah. yeah. A play, uh, you can go to a little Google form I've created, which is linked in the description of this episode. Probably one of the top links there. You click it, you tell me why I should do a book, mm-hmm. and then I'll do it and I'll shout out to you. If you want me to do that. Sounds good. Often I get tweets, I get emails, I get Instagram messages, which is really, really nice. But if you want me to remember to shout out to you, you have to fill out the form. Otherwise, it's lost forever. I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Talking yeah. about Roald Dahl earlier really made me want to do this. For um, <clears throat> There's this book by Roald Dahl. I forget the name of it, but the premise is that uh, a man and a woman travel the world collecting the semen of famous people <laughs> <laughs> that they then sell to women so that they can have, like, Einstein's baby. It's a wild book. This is crazy. It's like one of Roald Dahl's, like, not children's books, and I've read it. <laughs> no, and, no, still children's And it is, it is nuts. Anyway, maybe my I'll parents, suggest that in the doc. <laughs> my, uh, my parents, uh, my mum, a yeah. librarian. Yeah. I don't know if I mentioned oh that. Oh, my God. Oh, I love yeah, to tell so people. In the late early 80s, early 90s, Roald Dahl came out to Australia, and they went to see him as, like, a speaking engagement type thing, and he's... He strictly said, "This is I know I'm famous for children's books, but this is strictly for adults only. Mm-hmm. Don't bring your kids. Mm-hmm. He turns up. There's kids in the front row. Ah. He absolutely cracked it, apparently, and was just cranky <laughs> oh, for the entire show. Look, fair enough. He was a, like an interesting man. Like the, yeah. the whole thing about him being a spy and being this, It was like, a honeypot. Yeah. yeah. He would travel and he would make love to beautiful Nazis. <laughs> and then there's, isn't there like a quote being like, I'm just so tired of making love <laughs> yeah, to beautiful Nazis. Yeah, he called up whatever his commanding officer was and he's like, I am, I've had too much sex. <laughs> Please, can I bring me home? And they were like, you're having sex for your country. <laughs> Stay there, soldier. Dugawan did a report on his life. Yeah. But I'm very sad to say that he is also very famous as an anti Semite. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. It, it's really a person on Dugawan that we look up to that we do a report on their life. And then they not many people come out on scale. Yeah. I, can't, I can't imagine. Look, everyone is bad. It just is one of those yeah. things you got to accept. Matthew Broderick killed a person. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Fine. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. <sighs> But anyway, <laughs> we'll end on that note. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for joining me on the episode, guys. Anytime. And um, until next week, I guess we'll say never more. <laughs> <laughs> Happy books. <laughs> now let's leave this library. <laughs>
podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.